0: I totally forgot that I had that intro set up that way. Hey, but welcome to episode 125 of the Horror Podcast. We took the summer off to enjoy going out to our favorite places, our favorite restaurants, hell, even some of our favorite cities. And while we were gone, Missouri proved it's gonna Missouri. Missouri. And now uh, we are in a sasspool of the delta variant. So uh, it's pretty much exactly as we left you all last time. But uh, I'm joined tonight, as I am most nights, by the co-hostess with the most the sassiest skeleton I know, Oren Gray. Oren, what uh, what have you been up to this summer?
1: Uh, working. I have been working. Holy shit! Like my my freelance work, like June just vanished. I did. So much in June, like it was wild. Um, and so yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: <laughs> that's fair. I um, I I have seen by your social media posts, and you know, through a little discussion, uh you're super into and you probably always have been, but it seems like you have renewed your hobby of uh like collectible figurine kind of yeah. things. I'm 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 so, I'm representing them
1: terribly, but I, I've gotten I've gotten Back into like tabletop gaming more heavily, partly because I'm doing a lot more work in that field now. And so like. It feels more legit to call it research. It's <laughs> fair. Um, but like, uh, yeah, so I've gotten more back into that and like and, you know, collecting the miniatures and building them and that kind of stuff. Um, it also freed me up a lot when I realized that I didn't have to try and paint them. Like, ah. Back when I used to try and get into it, like, you know, you're supposed to paint them and everything. And I know just no. So like uh, once I figured out I didn't have to do that, I was like, "Oh shit! I can still collect them." Yeah, they can just stay uh, bare plastic. That's fine.
0: I like it. No, like uh, I'm not even going that far. That shit's too intimidating for me. Even the threat of painting is too much. You know, like uh not doing it. Hey, we're already starting to get some great interaction online, uh, but we are streaming to you via Streamyard. So if you are checking us out on Facebook and want to leave, uh Hey, awesome. Welcome, Michelle. If you want to leave a comment or ask a question when we get into the movie, feel free to do it right here. And um, hopefully you can contribute in live time to the shenanigans that are going on here. So, <laughs> and, and by shenanigans, I mean, uh, I kind of changed the wording of the podcast this season. And I was like, vaguely academic, because I mean, come on, what we're doing here is not, uh, you know,
1: no, we try.
0: Yeah. But but also like uh I'm I'm not in the business of uh you know spending 3 or 4 hours to dissect every single bit of this horror classic that we're going to talk about tonight which is uh the super deep but before we get there though um kind of I don't know we are going to discuss tonight that movie, but before we get there, we're going to discuss what we're reading and writing. We will hopefully highlight some uh, free content on the internet and uh, then, then we will cover our in-depth, like way in-depth, like two miles underground in-depth look at the Shutter film, uh, The Super Deep. So before we get there, Orin. But uh I know that you've seen some stuff. I know that you've read some stuff. Some of that I'm very jealous about. What uh what are the highlights of your summer?
1: Um, I mean, like the highlights of my summer, we, we kind of talked about a little bit before the podcast started. The highlight of my summer was that we got to do analog Sundays again in person-ish. I mean, they were very much in person, just socially distanced, but um which, you know, was like the thing I missed most about. The, the whole pandemic like year was like, I love analog Sundays and not getting to do them sucked. And uh, it's great that we can go back. We're all, you know, vaccinated now and, you know, there's not like that many people to come so we can all be six feet apart and it's fine. Um, but yeah, that's been great. Uh, but I did I did actually watch something from like this century uh, for a change and, um, and read a book from the future Ooh. Which I think is the thing that you're uh, you're jealous about, probably. Yes. Um, so yeah, the the book in question is uh, Stephen Graham Jones's latest, "My Heart Is a Chainsaw," which is amazing. Like it is so good, and I think it comes out the end of the month, right?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah twenty six days. I think uh, okay. I was reading online. Not that I'm counting.
1: <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it's super good. And I, I wrote it up for, for Signal Verizon. So anybody who hasn't read it yet, you can read my my spoiler-free review on Signal Verizon, and it's super good.
0: Yeah, so I mean, so good.
1: I, I, I've yet to read anything from Stephen Graham Jones that was not super good. Like yeah, he's amazing. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. Uh I got into the game a little late with him, but uh just it's it's been a joy to go back through and, and take a look. And, and the bottom line is um the only good Indian I think is is i I, probably my favorite novel of all time you know certainly favorite horror novel i like uh i it it was everything i wanted to be in morph so yeah man i'm very very excited about well yeah and
1: he's and he's so prolific that like you know i've been reading him for years and i've still read like a third of his stuff maybe yeah he writes so much stuff and it's all great like i've not again i've not read a single thing that wasn't good but
0: Yeah. Even his, his short stuff is, is just
1: out of this world. Good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, you're an asshole and I'm very jealous, but, uh, I've got my pre-ordered copy and I'm ready. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to check it out. Okay. Do you want to hear the highlight of my summer? It's some spooky shit. Okay. Uh, I am super excited that I got to go back and teach Monsters 101, which is essentially like my problem solving slash film critics slash critical thinking class that I teach at Truman State. So we watched 18 monster movies in 18 days or actually 19 days, I think. But uh, the kids were great. It was so great to to like be in that environment again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's in Kirksville, okay? And in, in Kirksville, Missouri, uh, is a, a wonderful town. Truman State is a you know is a wonderful place to to go to school. But there's just not a lot to do, right? And uh, a long time ago, like ten years ago, back when I was teaching a, a zombie camp that was very similar, uh, we got news that the guy who wrote the Dybbuk box, okay, are you following me? He kept like a real time blog of that dibic box. Uh, and like the this, this scary, spooky shit that was happening and yada, yada. He happened to be a professor at the osteopathic university that is right next to Truman State in Kirksville. So a visiting doctor that was there to teach the kind of anatomy part of, of Zombie 101 went out to dinner with this guy. And the guy told him where he buried the Dybbuk box. And – uh. That guy let slip to us relatively recently where it was buried. So I went out and I got to see where the Dybbuk box was buried and had a half a a second, half a thought. I was like, you know, this could make the last two weeks really interesting. But I didn't. I left it. You know, it's in a cemetery, so I would have felt really scummy about digging it up. But uh, yeah, that was the it was it was made for a spooky evening.
1: So was... you're going to kick yourself that you didn't get that thing, man.
0: I know. I know. How, now, uh... how much
1: worse could it possibly have made? Things? Come on. <laughs> that's
0: true. That's true. I woke up and I was in the second round of a pandemic and none of my neighbors would get the vaccine. Oh, wait. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, maybe if we it's like uh, two negatives, they create a positive. Right. Yeah,
1: you know, it's just we just need another curse. It'll be fine.
0: Yeah, like uh, the the Dybbuk, right, or whatever it is, yeah. is like he pops out of the box and he's like, oh, screw this shit. You guys need a little help. How about I, <laughs> you know, okay, whatever.
1: Shit up. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so that was a fun part. But I, I have also just consumed... Uh, an astronomical amount uh, of content. Some of it good, some of it excellent. Um, A couple of things I want to mention real quick, though. RL uh, JE Entertainment has been really prolific about putting stuff out this summer. And a couple of things they put out that I wanted to highlight. Number one is uh, the new series, the new Walking Dead series, which is I don't know if you can see it there. There we go. Uh, The World Beyond. And it's a little bit like if early on, uh, particular areas, early on in the zombie apocalypse, particular areas got their shit together and were able to rebuild. If you like character dramas, uh, I would say maybe not necessarily horror, but definitely character dramas, uh, they would definitely be your bag. There is a lot to it, though. There are a lot of episodes. Uh, so it may be worth it to check out. And, uh, probably the highlight of stuff that they have sent over is seance. Have you been able to see uh, seance
1: yet? No, is that the, um, I'm you... blanking on his name. Yeah. Simon Barrett. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, I haven't seen it yet. Excellent. I, mean, I want to, I want to, but I have. Yeah.
0: Looks like, uh, Michelle has, uh, seen all the walking dead. That's great. And then I think this, uh, that series is going to be for you. If you wanted a little bit more, uh, a, a little bit more in that zombie world then, but, uh, Seance is, is fantastic. It's a slasher. Uh, it's kind of got that Simon Barrett tongue in cheek quality about it. If that makes sense, you know, like, uh, your next kind of has this, this satirical kind of through line that I really enjoyed that made it super fun. And, uh, seance is just like that. So, absolutely check it out maybe when we uh we've already been talking uh off mic about uh me borrowing a dvd or a blu-ray of his maybe we'll just swap out and you can take a look at this one yeah
1: yeah. i've I've been meaning to check it out is it i think it's on netflix
0: oh yes i don't
1: know i don't know i don't remember where it is um but it's somewhere and i've been meaning to check it out but
0: yeah yeah so uh Maybe a little less nuanced. Uh, I checked out all of the Fear Street movies with my family.
1: Which I also really want to watch.
0: Super fun.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: uh, it is exactly what you want and would expect out of a Fear Street novel. Uh, I would say maybe it ups the gore level and it ups the the kind of the kills and the violence a little bit, which makes it even, at least in my mind, even more fun. So, yeah.
1: I'm hoping it'll it'll scratch that, uh, you know, scream the TV series whole shape in my heart. I love that series. So
0: Yeah, I, don't know. I think that's a uh, that's pretty, uh, pretty fair way to look at it. So the thing that I am uh, really behind times on, I finally read John Langan's The Fisherman, which is as good as everybody said it was. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Like it it, it didn't hurt that my own grandfather, uh, not to get like super deep <laughs> really early into the, you know, first episode of the new season, but my grandfather, when I was younger, uh, his wife passed away and uh, my grandmother passed away and, uh, it, it kind of drove him a little crazy. And that is one of the central conceits of the characters in the book. And it, like, it just hit me, you know, like it hit me in all the right, in all the right ways. So, But the book that I'm halfway through that is really fun, incredibly well written, is Plain Bad Heroines by Emily Danforth. Uh, It was like, it was on a short list for maybe the Stoker Awards or um, I don't know, one of those that I managed to find. It is 100% a queer novel. Uh, It is uh, written about uh, a boarding school that had um, some teenage love affairs that ended up breeding into some spooky violence. And now we have this kind of modern day horror movie that's based off of all of that. I, I, I am absolutely obsessed with it because all the characters are dynamic. And I would say uh, the fact that they are queer characters is an attribute and not the only attribute, which I think sometimes uh, like Characters get painted with that one brush, and that makes right. them, you know, important for representation and stuff. But uh, maybe not always the like the the fully rounded characters that we like to see. Right. But Emily Danforth is is out of this world in her storytelling and her creation of this boarding school. I don't know. So it's it's absolutely wonderful. You got to check That's it really out. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a sucker for a boarding school, right? In the Northeast, and you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, so these are all things that I, I absolutely love. Uh I think you have our dark corner of the web. I'm so stoked to hear about this thing.
1: So I do. So um yeah, the the thing I watched from the century. Oh, <laughs> like oh, I swear to god, every time, every time we come on the show, you're like, So what have you been watching? All right, and I'm like, I've been watching this thing from nineteen seventy three that no one else can watch because it's not online anywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've I've been looking at K paintings from right? uh Yeah. 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 They're very I've been scary been reading <laughs>
1: Sanskrit, it's really good. Um, but no, like, uh, so I've watched this um short film from 2019 called Howl from Beyond Fog, which is a kaiju movie
0: okay. set
1: in 1909. Um, so that's <laughs> odd already for a kaiju movie, right? Like, okay, so that we're already off to a weird start made entirely with puppets. Oh so,
0: like, man.
1: The human characters are puppets, the monster's a puppet, like, like rod, wooden, like rod puppets. They're, um, it's amazing. Like, it looks great. It looks great. The puppets are not super expressive. Like, their faces can't move because they're puppets. Um, and not the, not the, like, hand puppet kind where their face can move. But, like, it's really good. Um, and it's, you know, it's 35 minutes long. Like, it's really short. Um, and it's on Prime, I know for sure. That's okay. where I watched it. Um and on Prime it'll tell you it's like 70 minutes, but it's not. It's only thirty-five. The other thirty-five is behind the scenes stuff, which is cool too. Okay. Um, but like the movie itself is only thirty-five minutes long. And then I think it's also on Tubi. As well.
0: Okay. So I, kinda, yeah. I like Tubi. Yeah. yeah. I I love that you were like, I watched something from the century, but it takes place in nineteen oh nine.
1: Like <laughs> you got it was made like two years ago. What am I going to do? I know. I know.
0: <laughs> like you got there eventually. You know? like, yeah. Like, uh, I get it. I get it. Oh, that's good stuff.
1: Well, I mean, come on. I, I'm, I'm thinking about going to see the green night and it takes place in like 14 something or something. Right. Like probably not even that late actually.
0: <laughs> I, I am so excited to see that. And I am super bummed. I, w- I would, it sounds like from the reviews and we've had a couple of people on staff already write some articles about it. So I know it's amazing, but, uh, it sounds like it's probably more horror adjacent than it is, okay. you know, it, it, you know, in the firmest way possible horror. But
1: I mean, like I've, I've seen, I've read the poem, the, the, right. the, the poem. I've, you know, so I know the story and I've seen one of the other film adaptations of it. The one, the shitty one with Miles O'Keefe and Sean Connery.
0: Oh, you're better um, than me. I didn't <laughs> even know that existed.
1: Um, so, like, uh, you know, I, it's, it's a spooky Arthurian story. Like, it's one of the spookier ones, but it's still, you know, it's still a, a King Arthur story. It's not a horror story in in the strictest sense. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's definitely, like... It definitely has horror elements. It is one of the spookier King Arthur stories.
0: So. Yeah. Well, I I, I want to see the movie for a myriad of reasons, but the movie sold me. I don't know if you've seen the trailer where he's like walking up the hill and he sees all the giants like, you know, they're mm-hmm. it's just like a horizon of giants they're I'm like, oh, shit, lumbering giants on the horizon. <laughs> Sign me up.
1: Yeah, it looks like. Even the people, because I've seen surprisingly mixed reactions to it so far. Like, most mm. people have really liked it, but a few people have been really down on it. Really? But, like, even the people who were really down on it are like, it's beautiful. Like, it looks gorgeous. Yeah.
0: Um, well, even, even more. People were I'm really sadistic. down on it are
1: like, it's gorgeous and completely empty. But... um you know, but but that's but they still say it's gorgeous. Like you know.
0: sometimes it's nice to see pretty things, and sometimes right? that's yeah. good enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get it. Well, uh, speaking of pretty things, question mark, question mark, uh, many
1: question marks following <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> well, let's get into tonight's full review, starting with our essential question, which is, how close does the super deep get to a real zombie? fungus. And before we ignore that question and just talk about whether or not we liked the movie, let's take a look at the trailer. We've studied our space more than the earth.
1: What happened? Where are the others? Everything is just like in a regular shaft. But later on you'll see what we actually created here.
0: and uh you can stream it only on shudder so uh it is a shudder original so we should give shudder a big shout out we have a new column called the uh, shudder secrets which uh one of our staff writers here um uh Brian is uh, Brian Finelli is absolutely killing so far so shudder is a wonderful place to um to check out weird movies like this one
1: yeah yeah also, I feel like, um, I feel like everything's just like a normal shaft it does not give the helpful information that that trailer may feel like it did. Like, I don't know what that's like. Like that doesn't help. Right?
0: Me. <laughs> yeah. Also, <laughs> everything,
1: everything in this place you've never heard of is just like everything in this other place you've never heard of.
0: Yeah. Narnia looks just like Narnia was before you left it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Also, this movie does say Shaft in abnormal yeah. amount of time. Like, my 14-year-old my son was kind of listening in the background, and uh, like <laughs> he was like, Jesus, what's going on in there?
1: And I was so like, this Ew. movie is full of many, many things that could be double entendres in another movie. Like, everything from its title to the fact that they're in a borehole.
0: Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. The and the, whole, the yeah. largest borehole, I believe. The Largest
1: borehole, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like um, I'm jumping way ahead here, but I, I'm already preemptively disappointed in our anonymous Amazon user for or, our anonymous Letterbox user for not making some sort of borehole related play on words. If you uh, insult this movie, right? We, like,
0: we can always add our own Orin. That's I, the I, beauty. I, of it. I
1: feel like that's a missed opportunity. If you're gonna beat me to this movie,
0: right? Like, um, uh, if, if you're gonna give it a one star, you might as well just go full shaft. You know, full, like,
1: full. Right, oh, just just more like a board hole. I mean, that ah, like, it's more like that, right? Like, and that like,
0: didn't even take any effort. That I took like, no like effort. It's
1: itself. I mean, you know. It, <laughs> um,
0: well, unfortunately, uh, the Super Deep did not write itself. Um, I would say, writing wise, uh, it is less than ideal if some of the creature stuff, some of the fungus stuff that we'll get to in just a bit, is kind of cool. But just so everyone can be in on the joke with us, here is what the Internet Movie Database tells us uh, about the Super Deep. A small research team went down below the surface to find out what secret the world's deepest borehole was hiding. What they have turned out to what they have found turned out to be the greatest threat in history and the future of humanity is in their hands. I I, I will tell you, they have upped the ante of this movie, like the stakes (laughs) of this movie are very high and and seemingly very high for like 70 percent of this movie. You know, like everybody knows what's going on and they continually still jeopardize the rest of humanity. You know, it's like there's a very easy solution. And if everybody just got lined up and did that easy solution, then they can knock out this virus. I mean, fungus, and we would all be great. But uh hey, what do you know? People fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, like...
1: Uh, yeah, it's so, yes, you're totally right. The writing in super deep is
0: not I mean, super deep.
1: So I don't, well, here's the thing. I don't know how much of it's writing and I, and how much of it is loss in translation because you can stream it on Shudder, but you can only stream it in English. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, and the English dubs are fine. The acting's fine. Everything's good. But like, I don't know, I don't know how much may have gotten lost there. So yeah. maybe so maybe like maybe things make a little more sense. Um maybe they don't, you know, that's that's a crapshoot. It's it's not a guarantee for sure. But also like the pacing of the movie is really strange. Like it's never boring, but it's paced really weirdly. It's not the normal progression you would get. Like it feels like a bunch of starts and stops instead. Yeah. And it's always entertaining, but it's very weird.
0: Yeah. So, like uh, the transitional stuff between uh, the bits right between the, right. the, the, the action scenes are, are odd. And, and I think some yeah. of that may be translation. I was reading in preparation for this episode though. I think, which seems very cool. I don't know how often it happens, but it seems very cool. I think they got the original actors to do all of the dubbing, which I think bully but, for yeah. them. Right. Yeah, awesome. uh, uh, and does help. But I like, There is a lot of Russian culture that I think uh, because we're filtering it through our lens, we may be missing, you know, like uh, a lot of the shit about like redundancies and like not admitting to fucking up and, you know, that kind of stuff feels a lot like it could be the first episode of Chernobyl season two, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things like, one of the one of the things that makes this one kind of weird to to know what parts are which, like what parts are translation and what parts are, are cultural and what parts are just bad, not bad writing, but what parts of the writing, and what parts are what, is that like almost every motivation in this movie goes unspoken.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Like no one, no one, everyone talks around why they're doing whatever they're doing almost all the time. Like the 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 ostensible protagonist is down there to do a bad thing right fundamentally they're down there to steal or to recover a biological weapon right and bring it back to the surface um and everyone around them including them is doing what they're doing for reasons that we gather but are never told right like we see her backstory we know kind of why she's being pressured into doing this this time we, we know, like, the doctor who starts the problem happening, I mean, is you know, we know why he's doing it, that he wants them to save the people down there, not just get the weapon to the surface. Right. We know that, but he never says it. Like, it's, it's never, nothing's ever said. Everything is subtext, and it's not difficult subtext, but it means... When no one ever says what they're why they're doing what they're doing, it makes it hard to know what you're missing because it's not there, and what yeah. you're missing because you just missed it.
0: Like, yeah, like uh, no, I think you're 100 percent right. Like uh, you know, we, it, it, the, everyone pause for a moment. There's going to be some academic shit. All right, <laughs> when when I was trying to teach subtext, right, it is much easier to teach subtext in uh, a genre that uh, like is comfortable for the people in a time period that's comfortable for the audience uh, in like a cultural environment that they can pick up some of that. Right. And so my kids picked up uh, like, the cultural context, the subtext, if you will, of say cabin in the woods. Okay. Which was one of the movies that we watched towards the end, uh, much easier than they did say Halloween, which regrettably they did not like very much, which made me very sad, but I understood why, you know? And I think because we don't get, uh, you know, the actual Russian, because we don't get like all of the, the facial features and the cultural input that's coming at us, like, most of the time we're like, oh, okay, I guess we're going to do this now. Right. Right. And, and
1: in this movie specific case, and also Leland is totally right. Incidentally, that mustache guy at the very end, I don't know his name either, but mustache guy is very, very clear about what he wants in the, in the very, very last reel of the film. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah. um, Explicitly. So, but yeah, yeah, yes. Um, But like, the other problem with this film is that so like while we are trying to read subtext from a culture we don't share and from potentially a language barrier, at the same time, the movie is trading in like visual language of things we are super familiar with.
0: For sure,
1: um, which makes it easy to parse those things and hard to parse the other, which causes a kind of weird dissonance where, you feel like you understand what's happening, even when you don't. Um, it's one of the, one of the things I have in the in the show notes, because one of the notes I jotted down is like, so within the first 10, maybe 15 minutes of this movie, there are specific homages to Predator, the thing and the aliens, just one right after the other. Yep. Um, and basically the plot of this movie is essentially the plot of aliens, like for all yeah. intents and purposes, right? Like there's a person, it's a different, your your point of view character is different, but like it's a person, a member of a team going into a place ostensibly to see what happened in that place, but actually to bring back a biological weapon from it.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, in all of that, I think like the first 20 minutes of the film feel like that, you know, like they're, they're kind of these uh, throwbacks that make us as, as genre fans very comfortable you know and i was like oh shit okay this is the type of movie that we're getting i'm ready right. for it you know whatever and then two hours go into this like the runtime on this film is very very long I'm, i'll look it up and, and make sure i include it here but I like it's
1: right at two hours i think you're right
0: yeah yeah like it's a long movie right and yeah. for a movie to be like "Man, this is mostly going to be genre love with uh you know, some kind of clever stuff thrown in there. Like my expectations, like at the hour and 30 mark, I'm like, oh shit, this is a way different film than I thought yeah. I was getting. And and I, that's okay, you know.
1: Yeah. I wanna say, it goes back to that pacing stuff where like it's paced weirdly. It's not paced like you would expect. Because like one one of the films that I'm going to talk about toward the end of this when we talk about films to compare this to is The Void, right? And, and okay. Which is another film that's very much like a genre throwback film that references like Carpenter and, you know, those kind of directors. And is, is very much, it's got a practical creature and all that kind of stuff, right? Just like this movie. And in all those regards, they are the same. But it's structured like those old movies where you build from basically nothing to bigger, 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 bigger um, which is how all those movies are structured. Uh, they, they start out super low key, super normal and built okay. to increasingly big set pieces. Whereas this one builds two climaxes, then drops back, then builds a climax and drops back and builds to climax and drops back. And so like the, the genre nods prepare you for a different structure of movie than you get.
0: Yeah, I think that's, <laughs> that's really fair.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, and I think Warren and I are making this movie sound like uh, it was a film that we didn't enjoy. I, I would no, still recommend this movie. Yeah, this uh, movie was good. Like. Yeah, that, <laughs> legitimately, and it's those set pieces, right? Uh, yeah. We would be really um, remiss if we didn't talk about the fungus, right, in uh, those big set pieces that you're talking about. Because that final set piece where you see, like, I don't know, the borehole is opened up into this kind of cavern of of some kind you know at at the bottom of the shaft of of the deep shaft right there is this this big opening this big cavern and you see the fungus which is kind of growing on the sides of it and honestly speaking it it felt like it could have absolutely been a deleted scene from like annihilation or something like that Mm -hmm. wholly organic but alien and deeply deeply unsettling so
1: and like yeah, and it's, I mean, and it is all, I mean, I'm sure it's CGI-assisted, but, like, all the creature effects, all the, the body horror effects are based around, built around practical models, and they're great-looking. Um, and the monster, when you see, like, you see a number of, like, fungal, pe- people infected with fungus, and they yeah. are all really gross and disturbing. But, like, the big composite monster that you see at the end is really good. It's, it's so a good. Really good composite monster.
0: Yeah, it's like semi-melted on the floor yeah. of it. And and the thing is, it's really easy to like make a model that's not functional, right? Like and make it look good and scary. And and I'm yeah. certain there is uh some of that in in this movie. But that final monster, that final guy, moves and kind of talks a little. And yeah. I I mean. It, yeah, it, I mean, there's your homage there's your homage to you know the thing and all that kind of right. stuff because it it feels of that universe for oh, absolutely, sure absolutely
1: yeah and i mean and it, and it could very easily be like a resident evil boss battle from like a one oh of yeah game or something like it's very it's a very cinematic very like organic sequence and the way it moves is cool and it's it's really good it's really executed really well um, yeah and yeah. you can see it pretty well like it's not It's not buried in the dark like it's not. You know, you you see it pretty well. I mean.
0: Yeah. So here's my question. okay? And uh, I didn't put it in the show notes, so I'm putting you on the spot here. (laughs) Good luck with that. Episode one of the new season. Here we go. Like uh, fungus is used quite a bit, uh, particularly in like. Like. the, the zombie world of things, which is right. the, the world that I'm very comfortable with that I, you know, know some about, but it's used in all kinds of other horror stuff. Uh, and, and yeah. we'll talk about a few of those a, l- a little bit later in the episode, but why are we so scared of a fungus like that? Why, why does it scratch that scary itch?
1: Okay. So I, I edited a whole anthology about fungus with uh, Sylvia Marino Garcia early in my career. So I, I can totally talk about this. Um, Like there's a lot of reasons, I think, Um, but one of the ones that the movie kind of digs at and the trailer actually dug at more, which is interesting, um, is that we don't know what it is. Like fungus isn't a plant and it isn't an animal, but it has characteristics of both which means we don't like it's a fungus. I mean, we know what it is, but we don't understand how it works the same way we understand how both of those things work.
0: Okay. That Um, makes sense.
1: That's part of it. Like we understand it less well than other living things. It's kind Um, of
0: this liminal thing. Yeah. I like that. Cool.
1: And it's also a liminal thing that a lives off death. Right. I mean, we all do, but it more explicitly does. Um, you know it, it it is a memento mori like oh that, that, all that right things rot, they turn into fungus like you know um and then there's also its ability to live in and on other things which is what a lot of horror uses cause a lot of horror uses fungus for body horror stuff sure um you know and so like you get things like this movie where the fungus can get in a person and then that person changes which is the thing real fungus does and can do not as dramatically, but you know, that's movies.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so the, the two things that really came to my mind, right? Number one, uh, this, this fungus is this, Fungus is a thing that is simultaneously very good for us, nutritional, very healthy, but also will fucking kill you, right? So uh, I would love to be like a mushroom forager, but 100% I know my attention to detail, and I would poison my whole family, right? So I'm terrified of that. Uh, But second, the other thing, when I saw this movie and I saw what the fungus was starting to do to the human beings, it reminded me of – do you remember the fungus episode of Hannibal? I think it was season yeah. one, I think. Yeah, it's,
1: it's actually really early in season one. It's like the second or third episode. Yeah, right.
0: Like yeah. when you watch it, you're like, holy shit. This yep. is what I'm, okay, all right. Yeah, uh, but, but again, that it simultaneously can live on dead people, theoretically could live on other living things, you know, but it's this quasi rotten thing. Right. Uh, and, it, oh, go, ahead. You go
1: ahead. No, you go ahead.
0: I was just going to highlight, I think Leland's trying to help us out by talking about Julia Christiva and the abject, maybe. Um, Yeah, like, uh, I I definitely think that there is room for the abject to grow into, like, why fungus is so uh, uncanny, uh, so weird, devoid of of category, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I like it.
1: Um, And then, like, there's the thing where like, it's, it's really tiny most of the time, right? Like most of the time when we encounter fungus, it's, it's a mushroom. It's very small, but it's not necessarily always really, tiny. like the largest organism in the world, right. Is a fungus. Um, and so, you know, uh, you, you can have things like the, like the scene that you were talking about earlier, where they get down into the, into the, you know, into the borehole and you have this huge Kaiju size, you know fungal growth, and that's
0: you, like uh, this is terrible. So there is a giant fungal infection in your borehole. Is that what I'm hearing? That's <laughs> uh, all right. That's it. That's my limit. Uh, uh I will move on. <laughs> I'm banned so sober.
1: We just close it. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I won't yeah, be here. All know, week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like you, you can you can do a lot of different stuff with it. Like you can get you can get really big and you can get really microscopic and all of it seems credible. Like you can kind of just do anything with it. And it still seems credible because we don't understand it very well in part. Yeah. And and because it is so changeable, like it's a very adaptive organism.
0: Yeah. And like, so uh, at least for me, right? Like viruses, especially after this past fucking year, most of us understand like how and uh, uh, where and why all of those things, um, you know, like how a virus normally spreads. Right. Right. But a fungal infection can just be like athlete's foot or it can be like, and I'll attach a couple of articles here in the show notes, like these zombie fungus things, right. And insects that, will grow into the brain and into the, you know, the, the musculature and in the, the skeletal system and essentially take over an insect, right? Like we'll, we will. Yeah.
1: We'll, which, yeah which wow. they were, like they refer directly to that in the movie, like the, the cordyceps. Exactly. Um, yeah. The, the cordyceps fungus, like they talk about, and and they pattern the behavior of this one on it because like when this one infects somebody, it makes them go back to wherever they're from. Mm-hmm. So they can infect the other people there. Like, yeah, you know, um, yeah it, it sends the infected parasite, like the infected hosts back without them even knowing it.
0: But yeah. They right. Don't even
1: know Why they're being sent back. They just go back because they feel like they need to go back. And the fungus is making them feel that way by getting into their brain. Essentially.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think it's uh, in this national geographic article that I was reading uh, in preparation for this. Like, uh, you know there there is a particular uh, version that will send you back to the host colony or whatever right mm-hmm. um there is another type that will make the insects in, like insatiably thirsty right mm-hmm. so uh they'll either climb uh into uh like Uh, a tree to try to drink some of the water from that or, or into a stream or whatever and drown as a result. But it's also a really convenient way to spread the fungus. So it becomes this, like, I don't know this, this kind of self replicating thing that uh, is fucking terrifying.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things like um, it's easy again, in part, I think because we don't understand it very well, but in part because of how it behaves like viruses work in a way that feels mechanical, right? Like they, they spread in this very predictable way, I guess. Um, and it, it it feels automatic, but it's easy to ascribe intent to how fungus behaves, right? Like the cordyceps gets this insect. It makes them go back to the colony or it makes them go to the water or makes them go wherever we say it, we even say it it makes them like it's doing it on purpose right like it it's easy to ascribe intelligence to the fungus which sure. we don't typically do with a virus we don't say um you know covid's making people not wear masks and go to <laughs> parties i mean um you know because it, it's not but
0: wouldn't that be hilarious though, if that was like one of the side effects we learned a decade from now, it's like right. people like 25% of the population that got COVID loses common sense. You'll be like that explains so fucking much, right? right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You
1: know, it's, it's the, because of the way fungus is spread and behave. It's easy for us to see intent in them. Sure. And, and to some extent, like it goes back to, um, goes back to that that not understanding them but like uh you know when you look into um folklore right folklore Mm -hmm. is essentially a huge chunk of it is ascribing intent to natural forces like it's you know fairies and all that stuff they are an explanation for why things work giving that thing intelligence essentially versus versus like physical processes and and you know chemical processes that we didn't understand yet um sure you know if when you don't understand how something works you assume it works because it wants to
0: (laughs) yeah right like uh you humanize it as opposed to i honestly i think it makes it even scarier a concept, right? A zombie fungus that operates outside of the human condition and just innately causes you to do these things, you know? Like, they're just, like, fucking, you know, like, they're just mindless uh, things that force you to be the same way, right? Like, uh, I don't know. And I do think that some of that, we see that kind of organic nature. I I, I love the distinction between viruses and and funguses, organic and inorganic. And some of that I think is just because I don't know about you, but when I learned like, I don't know how viruses replicate and all that kind of jazz, I like I learned it through the scientific process. Right. And I, I see it in this kind of cold mechanical way, you know, but funguses, I just think of like, Bore like like spores opening up and shooting out into a cloud and like that's some scary shit dude
1: yeah yeah, and and they they send out you know they send out hyphae that we don't see um you know we we see we and and they they do these weird things like they just appear like other plants take time to grow but mushrooms literally appear overnight yeah right um you know and there's all these things there's all these things about you know and and it's just when you get right down to it, it's really almost certainly just that we, they're different from the things we're used to. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, but they are different enough that we, they seem weird to us. They seem uncanny and weird and strange. And so, you know, it's, it's easy to make horror out of them and I love it. I love Bumble Horror obviously. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it was why I picked this movie because like I was going to pass on it until I, cause the premise doesn't say, that it's fungus stuff. And I was like, eh, you know, um, I don't have time to watch every movie that comes across my, comes across my radar. <laughs> I have to watch um, weird movies from 1973 that no one else can see. <laughs> it's vital. Um, but no, like, uh, I, I watched it because I, I learned that it was like fungus based and I was like, okay, sold, you know? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I, I, I think that there is an element of this movie that, gets into another element of like maybe fungal horror or whatever. And certainly gets uh, alludes to one of my uh, two movies that I picked that are similar to it, but there is a psychedelic element, especially to the last scene that we've talked about. Like it feels, that's why I say it feels very much like annihilation, like in uh, and, and like psilocybin now, as we understand it has some pharmaceutical properties that are really useful. But the bottom line is uh, that is a fungus that not only causes you to behave differently or to to think differently, but like completely fundamentally changes your view of reality, right? Which is essentially what this fungus at the bottom of this borehole is doing, right? It's not, you know, it's not like athlete's foot that just attacks you, right? It's not just, um, Oh, uh, Leland mentioned in comments before the episode, uh, that the blob would be, uh, you know, this, this kind of functions like a sequel to the blob, which I'm, I'm totally down for it. I think it's super interesting, but like, there's no skewing of what it is to be human in, in our reality, but it definitely exists for some of these characters, I think, right. especially after they've got the, you know, the oh, fungus all up yeah. in
1: it. I think so. Like one of the things, um like one of the things that comes up a lot when you're in weird fiction, right. is like, why are there these certain motifs and things that recur specifically in weird fiction? Um, you know, like uh fungus is one um, and things. And like, I think they are, they are things that for whatever reason feel to us. Like if anything is going to let us see things the way they really are, oh. it's this, Right, like right. because because that's fundamentally like what what weird fiction is about. Like, most horror is about um an intrusion of something unnatural into the natural world. Whether that unnatural thing is like a serial killer or you know uh, an undead creature of some sort or whatever, it's it's an intrusion into the natural world. Things are normal, and then this thing happens that's abnormal, and then eventually it's usually beaten and things go back to normal. And in weird fiction, it's about pulling the veil away and learning that things were never normal.
0: Oh, yeah, that's so good.
1: Whatever the intrusion thing is, is how things have always been. Yeah. And fungus, because of partly because of those psychedelic qualities, because of those, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Those abilities to expand your perception, right? Oh, sure. it, it feels like one of those things like if there's a gateway that's going to show us what's behind the veil this feels like one of the things that might be it
0: right yeah like, oh dude that's uh, that's rad it, I, and so good and so important like uh lifting that veil is a hundred percent you know like uh what what you know folks that have uh you know taken a, tri- a trip on psilocybin and that kind of stuff like that's what they what they say and what they report right, right like exactly, uh yeah. and so we use this vehicle to hopefully expand our horizons but shit once we have expanded our horizons you know will we ever butt up against the the horizons of the, you know the mushrooms themselves or you know like right, yeah. that that certainly well, and, is part of this movie i think
1: right? and, and i think this movie asks a question that annihilation asks only annihilation asks it much harder like this movie, this movie brushes up against a question that annihilation sticks in all the way to the hill. Yeah. Which is that like, once our horizons are expanded, are we us anymore?
0: Right. Are we the same? Are we the same people? Or are we fundamentally right. changed? Or yeah, yeah. yeah. You know,
1: is, is there a way back at that point? Is there, are we even who we were before? Yeah. You know? And so again, this, this movie touches on it,
0: yeah, Absolutely. well, and, and <laughs> I, I think Annihilation takes it a step further and like that not only says are we the same people or do we want to be the same people? Are those same right. people like worth keeping, you know, right. like and, or, or this and, new and yeah. were
1: we ever those people like,
0: oh, so good. are yeah. we
1: a different person from moment to moment? You know, like, yeah, it, it gets into a lot of like questions about, you know, existential questions about. Yeah. And, self and that kind of shit.
0: Yeah, and, and this movie hundred percent nibbles around those edges. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it fully commits to, you right. know, an existential exploration of anything. Right. But and most you movies
1: know. probably can't and probably shouldn't because that's yeah, probably that's probably not something you want to do in two hours while also entertaining people. Like
0: yeah, yeah, at, like, at the bottom of a, a borehole in
1: fucking you know,
0: Russia. In, yeah.
1: In yeah, um, yeah, yeah,
0: no, I, th- I think you're right. Okay, so w- we've talked kind of around these things, but uh, we've come to the segment in tonight's show where if you like The Super Deep or this conversation about The Super Deep, then you should check out uh, these four movies, okay? Orrin's going to give you his two, and then I'll give you my two. Go for it, Orrin. So
1: I already mentioned The Void, which was a movie that came out, I'm sure probably most listeners remember it, it came out a few years ago. Got really hyped up in part because of its practical effects, in mm-hmm. part because it's basically nothing but a bunch of homages to movies from the like, late 70s, early 80s. Um, is
0: that is that Panos Cosmanos?
1: Uh
0: I think it might be, but I feel anyways. like it's
1: adjacent to him. I don't know if he made it. I can't remember. Okay. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I I feel like they they are near each other somehow. Like maybe <laughs> the same. If he didn't if he wasn't involved maybe like the same releasing company did it but it, okay. it might have been i can't remember i also can't remember right now without looking it up um but yeah it's 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 good um and it has a lot of the same stuff that this one has and it has a lot of that same like big gloppy practical creature effect stuff um, yeah so uh
0: so good pick yeah
1: um and oh. my other
0: Oh, I sorry, was hundred percent wrong. It was not, uh, Cosmodos. It was, uh, Jeremy Gillespie and Stephen Kostansky. So. Sure. I,
1: yeah. again, I, I, feel, I feel like there's something connecting them with. Yeah. I the most. like, Again, like, I feel like there was like a releasing company they shared in common or something. Yeah. Or, maybe or, I just read a blurb
0: from him. Right. And I or just maybe just I
1: just saw them both at Panic Fest one year or something. I don't could
0: know. Could be, could be. <laughs> uh, uh Ah, (laughs) i'll 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 share this one this is a good one uh i thought this conversation was super interesting hashtag make horror podcast academic again (laughs) good luck i don't know if we were ever academic i i I think we tried lots lots of times but
1: (laughs) um your number two two, uh, no no my number two was the devil's pass which i don't think a lot of people saw but it's a it's a found footage movie again from a few years ago it's directed by rinnie Harlan, so you know that's not the biggest uh you know thing in favor but uh it's also like russian it it deals with the dyatlov pass incident um it also deals, uh, spoilers, I guess, but it also deals with the Philadelphia project. It goes some really weird places by the end. Okay, cool. Um, and so I think there's some stuff that, you know, there's some overlap there. Um, I like it. With this.
0: Yeah, there was a, a great documentary that came out just a month or two ago, and uh, it was like on my list of stuff to watch and review. I definitely watched it, definitely liked it, definitely didn't review it because <laughs> I ran out of time, but uh, it's all about loves Pass, and- it's like the first time that they actually have interviewed some of the people and mm-hmm. uh, the documentary was fantastic. Um, it made the whole thing less spooky and way more sad, but uh, I don't know. That's, that's kind of the nature of reality. That's sometimes usually,
1: That's usually what happens when we learn the truth about things. Unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here are my two movies. Number one, Uh, one of my favorite films of all time is a girl with all the gifts. In fact, uh, I have a chapter about what the girl with all the gifts can talk to us about education coming out in a nonfiction anthology in 2022 sometime. So go check that out. The book is fantastic. The movie I think is actually even better, but it's a zombie flick with the premise being uh, that it's fungus and uh, spread by heat, which becomes important later on. So, uh, great fungal horror for sure. And, uh, in the earth, you I've and I, it. uh, yeah, you and I were, were, chatting about this when you picked this movie. I thought it was because, uh, you had totally, you know, seen this new Ben Wheatley movie and just wanted to talk about, you know, killer fungus because I mean, I always, that's, that's all Killer yeah that, that's all this that uh you know wheatley's yeah. new movie really is bad that's not true that's a much simplistic form of uh what's going on but it definitely has some wickedly fucked up fungus in it and i want uh, to
1: I, I really want to see it in the earth that is happening yeah
0: i think it's my favorite all right because uh field in england is too weird for me oh okay
1: Field in England is too weird for everyone except <laughs> jesse bollington
0: <laughs> um. it's so true like uh i occasionally i would get a film and i'll be like man i just don't get it uh this movie was made for somebody way smarter and me not my thing right and that's how i felt about uh field in england um oh um the second one the kill list right i really liked but fuck is it bleak man is is it yeah
1: it's a a very uh it's a very blurred barren movie like it's well that's it's fair. Not, it's not adapted from a Lord Grand story, but like it feels like it is. Like it, yeah. it really have been.
0: <laughs> yeah, like if um like I watched that movie about the same time I watched a bunch of like French Extremity. Um like new French extremity. And then I watched, uh, for the first time ever that fucking Serbian film. Right. And like it, it all is this like amalgamation of, of stuff that just made me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Right. I'm like, Oh, that, (laughs) that was my period of bleak, really unpleasant shit. Um, but this film, uh, great premise, absolutely beautiful has kind of a COVID overtone about it. Um, but at the same time, it's not so terribly bleak that you don't think there's any hope. So, yeah, um, and it's... it's, it's Jason,
1: yeah, go ahead. Gonna, go it, for it. Jason Teal mentioned that, uh, that he liked Ben Wheatley's High Rise, which I, I was going to say that um, I think my favorite Ben Wheatley films so far that I've seen have been his non-horror ones. Okay. <laughs> like, I really liked High Rise. Um, he did Free Fire, right? That was him also.
0: I'm going to say, okay. Yeah, I haven't um, seen that one yet,
1: though. Really good. Um, really enjoyable. Um, and, uh, I liked, I like those both a lot. Um,
0: yeah,
1: is real fucking weird by the end. Yeah. <laughs> but, I think we've I mean, talked so about that I before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. It's, it's strange,
1: but I, think, I mean, I think I, think I recommended high rise when we did, um, shivers maybe.
0: Oh, that's good. Or if not shivers, then hundred percent gremlins. I know we talked about it. <laughs> With the new batch. I know we talked about it with Gremlins, the new batch.
1: <laughs> if, if you liked Gremlins 2, but wanted it to be really fucked up and gross, watch High-Rise. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. Um.
0: Yeah, maybe not quite as funny. but uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so Ben Wheatley is a character I really like uh, his new one. Uh, I might also add, if you're looking for some killer fungus, Gaia, which is another movie I think I checked it out at...
1: It was it was showing at Panic Fest this year so you may have seen it there.
0: Okay, I'm going to say Panic Fest. That sounds good. Uh
1: um, I missed it, but it was showing at Panic Fest.
0: So It's very good. Uh it's got kind of an aboriginal quality about it that uh, is definitely missing from Bit Wheelies. not in a bad way, it's just not the movie he wanted to make. Right. Uh but some great creature effects. So nice. if you if you like kind of creepy organic uh creature effects then uh Gaia would uh would be a pretty good companion to uh the super deep okay you know uh we missed you guys but not nearly as much as anonymous uh letterbox user uh missed you guys I chose a short one because I thought we might run over a little bit in conversation I was very correct uh uh, (laughs) so here is our half star review from our anonymous letterbox user this movie is squirmy, gooey bullshit. I'm begging Russian horror to deal with anything other than the Soviet Union. I like, um, huh? Because I don't, uh, I don't get the second criticism. Cause I feel like that that's kind of unexplored ground or at least right. really interesting ground to explore. I don't know.
1: Well, And like, it is about the Soviet Union only insofar as that the Soviet Union is the evil corporation in question. Right. Like, it, it could have it could have been the Wayland utani Corp, and it would have been the same movie. In For sure. Respect. Like, yeah.
0: So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's mainly an indictment of b- big bureaucracies, right? Like, right, uh, yeah,
1: and any big bureaucracy could have yeah. been the guy in this movie.
0: Yeah, yeah public absolutely. or private. It doesn't, right. yeah. Yeah, but also if you would just lead with the movie is ooey gooey bullshit, I might be in for that. You know, <laughs> like the it, first I mean, part.
1: I'm it like, definitely okay. is. I mean,
0: <laughs> but I, I don't like the insinuation that films that deal specifically with the politics of of the Soviet Union or the remnants of the Soviet Union uh, are boring or not worth our time because. Uh, A film that came out earlier, I think actually last year by now, uh, a Russian movie called Sputnik, which is a fantastic, fan-fucking-tastic creature film, uh, is like entirely about, I don't know, how uh, the Soviet Union was probably really shitty, you know? And,
1: And like, this is an oversimplification. It is. It absolutely is. There's more to Russia than this, absolutely, by an enormous extent. But it's also a lot like saying, I wish Russian movies weren't so Russian.
0: Right, exactly, yeah.
1: Like, the Soviet Union is literally what Russia was until, you know, not that long ago. I mean, it's been decades, but still, it's a huge chunk of their history. You know it, it's like saying like, man if a, i wish american movies never involved things that happened before 2000
0: right right yeah like, like i I, like, I wish there was a rocky movie that didn't have boxing in it <laughs> like come yeah, on like, guys you, you know, know you know
1: there's lots of movies that there's lots of russian movies that aren't about the soviet union and there's lots of things about russia that don't have anything to do with the soviet union but also the soviet union literally was russia for a huge chunk of time. And so like, it's ridiculous to
0: say that. Yeah. Right. Right. So, uh, Jason threw a bomb here in chat. He (laughs) said, uh, that elevated horror is now being called grief horror. And I know how much you loved the term elevated horror or, and whatever are you going to do?
1: Oh no. Like, I I feel (laughs) like, I, I feel like grief horror is actually like, it's an unhelpful, uh, classification that will never take off but it's a much more apt one sure for for elevated horror like because again the problem with elevated horror is that it's describing two things right need two separate categories sure um and grief horror is only describing one of those two things which hey sweet yeah (laughs) problem solved yeah
0: and like, it, when, when I think of that label, right, like, uh, yeah. I think thematically, it's about grief. Uh, but as you and I have talked to many, many a long car ride or night or, you know, whatever, right. that elevated horror often refers to uh, that that kind of our tour, our tour side of direction, right, where right. shots linger on a face a little bit longer, or we, you know, like, yeah. I, yeah, again, I don't know, whatever those qualities may be. Right.
1: Right. Well, like one, one of the things I've talked about really extensively with you, especially, but we've talked about on the show many times now, too. I know like, you know, yes, most of the recent Elevated horror movies have been really big focuses on grief. They haven't. Sure. That's they've, they've been families getting undone by grief. Like that's what they've been about. But right. um but like the actual thing that ties them together is a a stylistic thing. It's not thematic. It's not what their themes are. It's not how they handle those themes. It's like, it's stylistic. It's the way shots are composed. It's the way shots are held. It's the way music is deployed. Like, because you can make a trailer and I honestly thought a 24 had with lamb. Incidentally, I was legit thinking someone had done this. Um, you can make a trailer that just looks like one of these movies, right? You can make it with anything. Sure. Just just use the right cuts in the right order, play the right music at the right times, and you can make anything look like one of these movies because there is a clear stylistic school happening here. And we need a name for that. Yeah, that doesn't deal with whether they're good or not, that doesn't deal with what they're about or not. <laughs>
0: I like it. So so here's your challenge, uh, listening audience. All right. Uh those of you following us live, um, but also the podcast audience here. If you can make an A24 trailer for weekend at Bernies, okay, I will send you all kinds of signal Ho- horizon swag. Uh how we might even invite you on an episode for you to talk about uh how weekend at Bernie's or, or some you know equivalent is uh Elevator Horror, we just weren't ready for it, right?
1: I'm I'm ready. If you can do it with Weekend of Bernie's 2, you're actually the next president. (laughs) It's it's in the Constitution. I'm not even kidding. Uh,
0: I like it. I like it. Well, uh, anything else to wrap up our uh, first episode of the new season, our wonderful exploration into the super deep?
1: I think, I think we're good. I think, we, <laughs> I think we covered all of our boreholes.
0: Yeah, I think we cleaned out this borehole really well. So uh, <laughs> until next time, uh, Oren, where can they find uh, all of your stuff on the interweb?
1: I am, as always, orrin Gray at Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those places. I'm probably forgetting some letterbox um, where you can see my opinions about weird movies from 1973 that no one can watch.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's good stuff. You can find, uh, me more of my stuff. I'm at Ty Unsel on Twitter. Uh, I don't tweet a ton, but maybe a little, I am on letterbox as well. And I run the day to day at signal horizon. So if you have a topic idea, a movie you want to check out a question, a comment, if you want to say that, uh, you hope that we get eaten by a killer fungus, you can direct all of that to Tyler at signalhorizon.com. Until then, in two weeks, Oren, what are we going to be talking about? Uh, Not the Thursday coming up, but the Thursday after that.
1: We're going to be talking about a legitimately great movie this time. We're going to talk about the 2005 House of Wax.
0: Yes, so good. I I love that movie. Yeah, man. Like, uh, generally speaking, I am a giant sucker for waxworks in real life and pretty much any movie that uses that motif. So, 100%. I'm very excited to uh, to revisit all of that. Until then, check us out here at 7 p.m. Um, on August 19th for our discussion uh, of this great uh, House of Wax that we're super stoked about. So, until then, class dismissed.